Hi, David. The year's ending with a raft of big central bank meetings. Let's start our discussion today with the US Federal Reserve. Hi, Alex. Um, well, it was a major pivot by the Fed. Uh, it went from emphasising you know, the goal of maximum employment to being very much focused on tackling what the Fed now describes as elevated rather than transitory inflation. Um, as expected, uh, the Fed announced that it would taper its bond buying program um, from 15 to 30 billion dollars uh, per month. So this implies that QE will end in March of next year. Um, in, in the press conference, Fed Chair Jay Powell said that being a discussion of its balance sheet, maybe hinting at the possibility of an earlier runoff in its bond portfolio or, or quantitative tightening. Um, the members of the Fed's Monetary Policy Committee, the FOMC, are forecasting three uh, 25 basis point rate hikes in 2022, a further three hikes in 2023. So quite a you know significant acceleration in the pace of uh, interest rate increases compared to its previous projections. So you know we have an earlier end to the taper, uh, more rate hikes in uh, 2022 and 23. Um, this was justified by an upward revision to the FOMC's inflation forecast and, and an acknowledgement that inflation pressures are becoming uh, more uh, broad-based. Um, Powell said that he viewed the labour market as tight if wages were to rise faster than productivity growth and inflation expectations were to rise, then the Fed would act um, to prevent higher inflation from becoming, in his, in his words, entrenched. It sounds like a hawkish pivot by the Fed, yet equity markets have rallied since the meeting and the Treasury market has barely reacted. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. I th it, it certainly was a hawkish pivot by the Fed, but the acceleration of tapering was well flagged ahead of the meeting, so it was not a surprise. Um, although the Fed has signalled more rate hikes sooner, the FOMC interest rate projections suggest that by the end of 2024, the Fed funds rate will only be, you know, 25 basis point higher than they previously forecast. So I, th I, th I think the positive reaction of risk assets reflects some relief that the Fed is saying it's going to hike earlier, but it's not really going to be hiking by much more than it had previously um, projected. So, you know, the Fed basically validated the recent moves in short term interest rate expectations. But it's not really challenged the, the sort of six and done rate hikes that the market is, is pricing, even though, you know, the FMC's long term projections for the Fed fund rate remained at two and a half percent. So, you know, policy remains will remain negative, while according to the um, Fed projections, growth will remain above trend and inflation will gradually fall towards its two percent target. So it's it's really a kind of quite a Goldilocks scenario that's been painted by uh, the Fed. And I think the markets have responded accordingly. Um, I, I think the market's being a little complacent. Um, you know, the FOMC indicated that the skew of risk to its inflation forecasts are to the upside. Um, the Fed is still basically hoping that inflation will ease without it having to meaningfully tighten financial conditions by raising interest rates above uh, inflation or, or the so-called neutral rate. And, and I think that could prove wishful thinking. You know, the US economy is running hot. Uh, growth is above trend. Uh, the economy is above its long run 
um, supply potential. It's got less, you know, workers because of the decline in the labour force participation rate. We are seeing uh, wage pressures um, uh, build. So um, I still think there's quite a lot of uncertainty around the outlook for uh, US interest rates into 2022. Let's move on to the meeting of the European Central Bank that was keenly anticipated by the markets. Yeah, so the ECB announced, as again, as expected, the end of its pandemic emergency purchase programme, or PEP, under which it's been buying around 80 billion euros of bonds every month. So that's going to come to an end in March of next year. Um, the ECB is uh, projecting that inflation will rise further above their target in 2022, but they attribute that mostly due to uh, higher energy prices and, and the ECB does not think there is evidence of a you know self-sustaining um, high inflation dynamic in the eurozone and, and I have to say I, I broadly share that view and they have inflation falling to below its two percent target actually in, in, in 2023 so you know the ECB you know remains determined to uh, maintain favourable financial conditions, highly accommodative monetary policy, even as it ends uh, the PEP. So it's going to continue to reinvest in maturing bonds for under PEP until uh, the end of 2024. Um, it's going to have greater flexibility as to how it does that reinvestment. So it can actually increase or decrease through time. Um, also in terms of the bonds that it buys, including you know, net purchases of Greek government bonds if there's a uh, meaningful, meaningful widening in, in spreads. And the ECB is also going to increase its bond buying under its asset purchase programme, or APP, from 20 billion to 40 billion euros per month in the second quarter. That then falls to 30 billion in the third quarter and then maintain bond buying at about 20 billion euros per month for as long as necessary to keep policy um, accommodative. So, you know, we have an ECB that's going to continue to expand its balance sheet through 2022, in contrast to the Fed and, and to the Bank of England that, you know, could actually be actively shrinking its balance sheet uh, at some point uh, next year. And the ECB is clearly has no intention of raising interest rates before you know, 2023 at the uh, earliest. And finally today, the Bank of England raised interest rates to its meeting this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bank of England you know, surprised the market once again. Um, you might recall it kind of failed to raise interest rates um, as expected last month and then has chosen to do so in December, despite the dramatic spread of Omicron across the UK. And, you know, we saw the market react to that. It was a surprise. UK government bond yields rose across the curve. Uh, we saw some gains in, in, in the British pound as well. Um, so what the Bank of England's done is, is effectively unwind its 15 basis point cut that it did at the start of the pandemic. So it's raised the base rate to 0.25%. Uh, but it is the first of the major developed market central banks to hike rates since the pandemic. I, I think this underscores the you know, increasing worry in Threadneedle Street, the, the headquarters of the Bank of England, that higher inflation will become entrenched. Uh, consumer price inflation was above 5% in November. On the retail price index measure, inflation was above 7%, which is its highest rate since the early 1990s. And there's a lot more inflation in the pipeline, and it's not only coming from higher energy 
prices. So I do think the Bank of England is going to raise rates uh, further. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another rate hike in, 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 in February, for example. Um, it may well start to allow its um, balance sheet to kind of run off uh from 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 march of next year and even start actively selling its holdings of gilts for uk government bonds before the end of um 2022 so yeah i think the bank of england's likely to be one of the more hawkish as well as unpredictable uh central banks in 2022 this is our last podcast of the year david and i'd just like to mention that this week you published Blue Bay Outlook for 2022 that can be found on our website, bluebay.com. So before we go today, how would you sum up 2021, David? Well, firstly, thanks for yeah, plugging our uh, 2022 um, uh, Outlook and, and uh, listeners obviously can find you know, much more detail about what we're thinking will be the key investment and, and macro themes in, in 22. Um, I mean, in response to your question, you know, how, how would I sum up 2021? I mean, if I had to sum it up in just a few words, it would be COVID, vaccines, recovery and inflation. Um, you know, the combination of vaccine rollout and ongoing monetary and fiscal policy support, you know, it's underpinned a, a strong V-shaped recovery in the global uh, economy. But, but it's been a, a very uneven recovery. It's been distorted by COVID and the impact of the extraordinary monetary and fiscal policy response to the pandemic. Now, for the first time since before the global financial crisis, inflation is now a hot topic, not just for, 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 for market participants, but it's a, you know, it's a hot topic amongst the public, it's a hot topic um, politically. Um, you know, and, and demand for goods has surged and that's stretched to breaking point global supply chains. Um, you know, underinvestment climate events have helped to drive energy and food prices higher. Um, we've got a service sector that's still lagging, still being held back by ongoing concerns around um, uh, COVID. Um, and we've seen, you know, concerns around China growth, uh, property slowdown uh, more recently and, 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 and emerging markets in, in general. So, you know, it, it's been quite an eventful uh, year. And I think these macro cross currents have been reflected in, pretty dramatic shifts in bond markets, in rotations in relative performance between reflationary and defensive assets, and you know, between growth and value between developed and emerging market um, assets. Um, all, all that said, I mean, risk assets have generally performed pretty strongly this year on the back of the rebound in corporate earnings and, and this kind of you know, flood of liquidity, um, while core fixed income has posted you know, modest negative uh, returns. So more of the same in 2022? To, to some degree. I mean, I, I think 2022 will be an even more treacherous year for investors, given this inflection point in global monetary conditions led by the Fed. You know, it's going to be another year, we think, of above trend global growth, but also, you know, inflation persistently above target. Um, I think the sort of differing recovery and inflation paths will lead to greater divergence in monetary policies as I think the latest set of central bank meetings that we've been discussing, Alex, you know, kind of illustrate quite well. Um, you know, our, our relatively positive forecast for global growth is premised on COVID transitioning from pandemic to endemic with a, you know, diminished macroeconomic impact. But the highly infectious Omicron variant means, you know, we are going to have another major wave of infections across Europe and North America in the first quarter of next year. And, you know, the value of many risk assets is, is basically rich by historical standards. So, 
you know, there's not much of a cushion to absorb rising interest rates along with you know, greater macro uncertainty and market volatility. Um, I, I still think it's an environment where equities will outperform core fixed income, um, though I think we're going to see more opportunities in, in fixed income for active investors between markets in terms of uh, shifts in, in, in the yield curve. In credit, you know, I think it's, it's, it's an environment that will favour shorter duration assets with higher spread break evens. So that's to say, you know, with um, spreads and income that will help offset episodes of uh, spread volatility. Um, from a valuation perspective, I think emerging market assets are the most attractive. But until inflation has peaked and we have, I think, some greater clarity around the Fed and, and that China will avoid a property-led hard landing. I, th I think it's going to be quite difficult for a sustained period of outperformance. So in summary, you know, I think 2022 will be another positive year for risk markets, but I think investors will have to be even more focused on risk management and I think are going to have to supplement what I think will be lower market returns with, you know, more in the way of you know generating returns from security selection from uh, tactical asset allocation from global strategies and from alternative sources of return and um, diversification thanks so much david um, again your report has been published um, on the website which gives far more detail on our views and uh, thank you alex and i'd like to thank you know, wish you and all of our listeners seasonal best wishes and a prosperous and, and healthy 2022. Thanks, David. And to you. Thank you. This podcast is issued by Blue Bay or one of its entities. Please check the entire Blue Bay disclaimer at the following website, www.bluebay.com forward slash podcast disclaimer. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended, nor should it be intended as investment, tax or legal advice. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell, nor is it a solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction. This podcast is not available for distribution in any jurisdiction where such distribution would be prohibited and is not aimed at such persons in those jurisdictions. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. Blue Bay is under no obligation to update the information in the podcast to reflect changes after the publication date. The information contained in this podcast is believed to be reliable, but Blue Bay cannot and does not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness or completeness. The document is intended only for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the Markets and Financial Instruments Directive or in the US by accredited investors as defined by the Securities Act of 1933 or qualified purchases as defined in the Investment Company Act of 1940 as applicable and should not be relied upon by any other category of consumer. No part of this document may be reproduced, redistributed or passed on directly or indirectly to any other person, published in whole or in part for any purpose in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay or one of its entities. Copyright 2021.